I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, dude, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of John Arisi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight podcast. We are the only one that brings you back 30 years with vintage audio featuring some of the biggest names of that time. And boy, do we have another exciting one for you tonight. Uh, it'll be uh, episode part two, I guess, of our uh, special with uh, Mick Foley, uh, then known as Cactus Jack. He didn't use any other names back then. Uh, but uh, last week we featured uh, some wonderful historic clips of some of the uh, best appearances of the many, many appearances that Mick made on Pro Wrestling Spotlight. He had more appearances on the program than anybody else. And uh, tonight's going to be a little different because we're going to feature an event that took place on February 23rd, 1992, and that was at the uh, Ballpark uh, Cafe. Uh, I'm sorry, the Press Box Cafe, and that was in Brooklyn, New York. We did our first live remote for WEBD. Uh, Jim Cornette was supposed to be the guy that was going to be sitting next to me that night. And we were going to promote a videotape series that uh, we had worked with Jim on, but Jim couldn't make it at the last minute. We got none other than Cactus Jack, who we're going to be bringing on in just a minute, uh, Mr. McFoley, and uh, he'll be reliving that uh, live remote at the Press Box Cafe. But of course, uh, joining me tonight, we have the whole team assembled. Uh, first and foremost, uh, my co-host, the renowned pro wrestling journalist, Mr. Bob Smith. Bob, here we are for another exciting week. Yeah, we have more cactus than any other podcast in the world. How do you yes, like that? <laughs> we do. We have probably more audio of Cactus Jack in our archives than exist anywhere else. We are your one-stop shop. For yeah. all things cactus. I mean, if you cumulatively add up the minutes and the hours that he actually was on our show, and uh, one of these days I'll actually count them up for sure. I mean, it probably supersedes uh, anything that World Wrestling Entertainment has on them, uh, and even WCW when they were in existence, and ECW as well, because he was on sometimes for you know two hours at a time, and. Uh, and all of those episodes that he was on with us, uh, I guess we are the, the champion of McFoley content. Well, I think cool. he's your he's your only guest that I recall who would say, I'm not your guest, I'm your co-host. Right, he would say that. Yes, he, <laughs> yes, he would. I believe he says that even in tonight's episode. Uh, <laughs> but we look forward to it very much. And also joining us, uh, Alex Robertson. Uh, Alex, uh, how are you up there in, uh, in the province of Quebec tonight? I'm good. I mean, we've got a mixed bag of, of weather happening. It's like one day it's spring, one day it's winter. So I can't really complain because that means, you know, we're we're going to get rid of the the slushy stuff. But uh, yeah. all is good up here, my friend. Oh, that's good. Uh, we've had our weather issues. I mean, it is kind of crazy. You have weather that's 65 degrees. That's beautiful and gorgeous. And then two days later, it's in the 30s. And it's been happening more often than ever. So uh 
I'm telling you, it's uh, it's uh, there's something there's something to this global warming stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the guy that's always warm down in sunny Florida, <laughs> uh, the man who was my right hand for so many years in the pro wrestling business, uh, re- also an esteemed, renowned uh, wrestling photographer, <laughs> sports journalist, uh, reporter for uh, wrestling years ago, still does some wrestling articles, does a lot of baseball, ba- you know, all kinds of sports. He's Mr. Baseball. He's the one man wrestling encyclopedia. It is Mr. Don Lyle. Don, welcome back. <laughs> Exhausting, but I love it. Uh, actually, I have the air conditioning on today. It's about 83 degrees as, as we tape this right now. So wow. we have the air conditioner on. Um, wow. Looking forward to tonight. My, my pad is getting filled. I have many questions uh, to, to talk to our guest about. Uh, and I'm just chomping at the bit. Uh, this is great going back in the future, back to the future in wrestling. Absolutely. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we'll have uh, Mick uh, Foley or Cactus Jack, as he was known back then, join us in just a few minutes here. But before we get into all of it, I do want to plug the Patreon community like I do each and every week. Uh, our community uh, is is pretty solid. Um, you know, it fluctuates. Uh, we get a couple of uh, listeners, and then we get, uh, you know, a couple people drop off and a couple drop on. But, along, you know, at the end of the day, we have a solid core of, uh, of fans that support us uh, and support the production of the show with our Patreon account, patreon.com slash John Arezzi. Uh, five bucks a month gets you in the door, and that will give you the complete library of all the pro wrestling spotlight shows, including all of those shows that Cactus Jack appeared on. Uh, right now, you could listen to the very first show, uh, which took place on April the 9th, 1989, uh, going right through uh, this uh, live remote broadcast that we're featuring tonight. They're all there for you to enjoy. Uh, you also get access to this podcast five days early before it's released to the general public. And you also get early access to the sister podcast, Matt Memories from Madison Square Garden, which covers uh, wrestling at the Garden from 50 years ago. All those uh, house shows that I went to all those years ago. Um, And it's getting really interesting there because uh, we're going to be covering on our next episode, March of 1972. was the very first time I saw Bruno Sammartino live. Uh, he did a spot show. He came back in, and uh, his opponent, uh, you guys may remember the name of Smasher Sloan. Do you remember Smasher Sloan? He was Baron Staklunas' tag team championship partner in 1967. Do I have that right? That is correct. And uh, I Oh, think God, they, am I old. Jeez. I think they actually <laughs> lost the titles to Pliese and Sarion. I believe that's true. Yeah. So uh, Smasher Sloan, I couldn't even believe that. Uh, when I found out in February of 72 that the next show Bruno was returning, and then when they mentioned Smasher Sloan, who had not been in the territory at all since years previous, I was like, isn't that interesting that they're bringing Bruno in to come back at the Garden against Smasher Sloan? And and uh, so anyway, we, and, we're going to be covering that in the March show. Yes, Don. And, and Smasher wasn't exactly the most fleet of foot in the ring either. He kind of reminded me of another old timer by the name of Mike Producers. Uh, Yes, he was a big guy, crew cut, and you just knew Bruno was going to slaughter him when he came back for for his triumphant return to the garden. Yeah, you know, you know, you know who Smasher Sloan was? He was Bulldog Brower Light. 
Right, he was. He didn't have all those tattoos like you know the right. He, and he didn't have the mean streak either. And the he, crazy he, look in his he face. It was a like similar Brower. look, but that's about it. Yeah, Brower was short, you know, stout, and he was like with those crazy googly oh, eyes. Bra Brower, <laughs> was, Brower was really underrated in history. He he was a tremendous heel. I, I really thought he really was. Oh, he was. His uh, I guess his forearms, the forearm smashes that he did mm -hmm. when he'd reel back and just lay them in. <laughs> And he had those eyes bugging out of his head. It was crazy. Uh, so anyway, it's uh, Smasher Sloan goes against Bruno San Martino. And uh, the other thing for me that I can't wait to uh, record and, and release, it's uh, the only wrestling show that my dad ever attended with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, he fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He typically worked nights. Uh, and, um, you know, the friend that I used to go with, uh, he couldn't make it. And, and my dad, uh, came to the show and I think the main event was Baron Cicluna against, uh, Pedro Morales for the title. So we'll be covering that, but the Smasher Sloan Bruno thing was the first time I saw Bruno live. So that was for me, what a, uh, what a memory and, um, and the Smasher Sloan thing was kind of odd, but, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, getting, and it's kind of ironic cause, um, uh, in uh, 1967, February of 1967, uh, my dad uh, agreed to take me to Madison Square Garden uh, for my very first wrestling show. I was 10 years old, uh, and it was Gorilla Monsoon against Bruno San Martino at the old Madison Square Garden, oh. and I convinced them to oh. take me. And it was kind of an interesting card because uh, on the TV tapings, there was an angle that uh, there was a referee named Jack Davis who was kind of a muscular guy and uh, he was refereeing a match with Smasher Sloan in it and something got out of hand and Smasher clubbed uh, Jack Davis, the referee. So they booked a match between them on that show in February 67 at Madison Square Garden. So that was kind of like very exciting for me as well. There was a six man tag team with Pugliese, the friendly Ox was there, Ox Baker. Uh, and my dad convinced a friend of his to go with him. Uh, along with my best friend at the time. So the four of us went into the city uh, in Madison Square Garden, the old garden, uh, buy our tickets, and then we get to the uh, the gate. Uh-oh. A guy that <laughs> kind of looked like Ray Morgan to me. I remember him now. He had the glasses, and Ray Morgan was the announcer. And he goes, mm -hmm. sorry, folks. You have to be 14 or under to get in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean you have to be 14 or under? You can't see a show if you're under 14 and you you talk about being hit over the head with a sledgehammer. Uh, and I know you had the same experience, Don. Yes, I, mean, I did. And I, and I had my parents with me, same as you. And they, they asked me if I had my birth certificate, who carries around a birth certificate going yeah. to, to Madison square garden. Yeah. I was so depressed. And you know, my dad was like, uh, why didn't you tell me? I said, I didn't know. And then this friend was like, Oh, what a, what a wasted night. And I'm there with my best friend on the drive back from New York City to Long Island. Well, it, was a, it was a long one. And well, there's the, there's the thing. It's it's never easy to get to Madison Square Garden yeah. unless you live in Manhattan. Yeah, and I think the old garden was on 57th Street, not on yeah. 34th. So It was always uh, but, a trip, yeah. Yeah, but it was hard for me to um, hold the tears back because I was so devastated. And ironically, a few months later, I remember a, um, a Wrestling World magazine 
that had come out and did a whole pictorial on the entire show. So that was kind of insult to injury for me looking at all those <laughs> pictures. Uh, but anyway, uh, we talk about this type of stuff. Uh, and maybe I'll get you guys on. Uh, you know, this podcast is a, a monthly thing. It, it coincides with the an- the 50-year anniversary of the show that took place at Madison Square Garden. And uh, it's really kind of a cool thing for me to reminisce and talk about the, uh, the, sh- the show and the matches I remember vividly. And some of the matches I don't remember at all. Uh, and what the atmosphere was, how I got my tickets. And, you know, it's the whole evolution of my history in wrestling uh, uh, which in 72, I was really just a fan. I had just gotten the permission slip signed by Freddie Blassie to start the fan club. And um, and so I was just getting into the planning of the Blassie fan club in this time period. But uh, uh, So I look forward to that every single month. You can find it wherever podcasts are. It's called Matt Memories from Madison Square Garden. And it comes out every single month, 50 years to the day. And I release it at 8.30 p.m., which was bell time. Uh, on that uh, 50-year anniversary. And it's only good for that one day, but it's kind of a little something cool that I, I just like to do. It's like, all right, 8.30, 50-year anniversary, 50 Belt years time. ago. At this very minute, I was at Madison Square Garden watching. Now, John, I, I have to interrupt you on something. You, you you bring up going to the matches with your friend. Maybe one of these shows will have – you could track down some of your friends because I, I met some of them, and they were a lot of fun. They used to go to the show with you at, at NASA Coliseum. Um, I remember one time one of your friends, um, Pilot, drove his wife <laughs> in the house. Uh, John Mazuka. Uh, yes. But your he gave his wife so the pile driver in the house. What? <laughs> Wait, John. hold it. Guys, hold it. You know, Did John she Mazzucca? live? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, she lived, yeah. Yeah, he, he, there was he, a lot of fun. He, he, used to, he used to drag her around like a, it was like a rag doll, you know, and um, <laughs> And there's also, if I ever want to get brave and, and release this to everyone, uh, there's an eight millimeter film of me. Um, it was at my niece, my niece's first birthday party in 1972. So it was August 22nd, 1972. Uh, there's eight millimeter film of me uh, beating my sister up in the backyard and giving her a airplane spin <laughs> and just flinging her. And uh, and the funny thing was, is like I was bending over uh, to pick her up and you could see like I had a split right down the middle of my uh, my pants. <laughs> Serves you right for beating up your sister. That's Alex, right. Alex, can you can you believe what you're hearing here? I mean, kind of, because boys will be boys. I was only I was 15. I was 15. <laughs> she was 10. She liked wrestling. I mean, and what we used to do sometimes in the in the basement uh, was that we would uh, they had we had poles there, and we'd put ropes around the pole sometimes with a mattress, and we'd you know we'd we'd uh, pro wrestle you know make believe pro wrestle, and uh, and she was uh, you know she was a she was a big fan uh, when she was a kid, and she loved um, uh, Tony Gurria was her favorite uh, wrestler back Rookie then. of the and, year. Yeah, mm-hmm. she liked Tony Gurria, and uh, she liked uh, Rene Goulet, and I and she loved Chief J Strongbow as well. So, my sister Donna. So, um, <laughs> back in the day, all those years ago. But anyway, check out the podcast wherever you find them. It's uh, you could listen to the first several episodes now. Matt memories from Madison Square Garden. I'm Alex Rodriguez. 
And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, so anyway, uh, we have a special show tonight. Um, Mick Foley, of course, is joining us, and it's a special um, uh, remote that took place February 23rd, 1992, and we're very excited to get it started. So, Bob, uh, take it from there, and uh, and let's do it. Well, we'll just jump right into the show with John's opening for this live remote show from the Press Box Cafe in Brooklyn, which served as a, a Booster Club video party as well. Uh, John tells who else showed up for the special event in our first clip. And uh, I guess uh, you had the world's greatest substitute in this uh, particular venue, didn't you, John? Yeah, we were going to be bringing on Jim Cornette uh, at the Press Box Cafe because we did a three-part video series with him called The Early Years of the Midnight Express. Jim couldn't make it. Mick was available. And uh, he uh, graciously uh, appeared at the Press Box Cafe with a full crowd, and the place went nuts. So let's get to it. Let's hear how they reacted right now. How you doing, wrestling fans? We're live at the Press Box Cafe in Brooklyn, New York. Can anybody hear us in here? Welcome to another edition of the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. We are broadcasting live our uh, first Booster Club uh, video party since uh, joining the family of WEVD. And we got an exciting show lined up for you here from the wrestling capital of Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, the press box. We got lots to go over today in the wrestling world. Of course, our special guest. No, stop right there, John. I'm not your special guest. I'm your co-host. My co-host. Sorry about that, uh, Cactus. Uh, Cactus Jack, direct from World Championship Wrestling, here at the Press Box tonight. And, John, what a great night it will be as we're here live. How do you call it? The wrestling capital of Brooklyn, and there's still lots of time. If anyone wants to come out here and say hello to me, I'd be glad to spit on him. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've seen lots of, uh, lots no, but, of spit dripping down the fan no, faces here tonight. For the people who come, who come out and would like to say hello, would like to get in, maybe have your question asked on the top wrestling show in the nation, yeah. I'd be glad to say no. No, I'd be, glad, <laughs> I'd, be glad, I'd be glad to talk to anybody. Okay, we also got uh, floating around here in the press box saying hello to the fans, the world-famous Power Twins. And one of the uh, top independent wrestlers uh, really emerging here in the wrestling world, Skull Von Krauss, is here. 
And uh, we'll have lots of other things uh, here at the press box today. And I believe Andrew Goldberger just left. All the more reason to come on down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I... Poor skull and the reaction he got. It wasn't even a cheer or a boot. It was just, yeah. There was no reaction. And I even said his name wrong. His name was Skull Von Crush was his name. Yeah, he was Big Vito, right? Big Vito. Then he was his friend. That's right. Andrew Goldberger, who I mocked uh, there, that went on to be, is a multi, multi millionaire. Exactly. At this point. Yeah, yeah. So go. Yeah, Goldberger. I mean, we took him to the ground route once. Uh, we had lunch with him out on the east end of Long Island uh, yeah. with you. And uh, great guy. And uh, just uh, somebody who uh, was very influenced by listening to pro wrestling. He was. He, he thanked you. Uh, this is uh, after yeah. he's had all this enormous sec- uh, uh, success for helping break him out of his shell. I know. Because he was a kid that didn't feel like he fit in. And he found a yeah. place to fit in. You know, we're the... Professional wrestling is like the island of misfit toys, and there's a place for everybody, I think, uh, you know, in this band of outcasts. Absolutely, and uh, he has done well for himself, and uh, it's great to be back in touch with him after so many years. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, it was a great crowd, and Skull Von Krush, uh, uh, <laughs> Krause, I called him, hated me right from that first night because I mispronounced his name, and he never forgave me, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, the heat still exists as uh, I have the heat with Bully Ray still to this day for all of those years. But anyway, back to uh, the press box. And um, it was just an amazing uh, live remote that night. We had so much fun. Yeah, but you cut away because it was time for Don Libel. It's always yeah. time for Don Libel. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> and uh, he called it the news capsule in those days, Mick. And today... 30 years later, we call it the time capsule because, well, it's old. Excellent. <laughs> You're breaking old news for us, Donnie? Yes. All right, good. Anyway, here, here it is. He, we'll get uh, Don's reaction to this very short clip about him reading the news of the day. Thank you, John, and good evening all. Well, leading off tonight's capsule, news continues to break in and out of the ring in WWF country. Uh, last Monday's TV tapings in Tampa, the natural disasters became fan favorites and are no longer managed by Jimmy Hart. Instead, Hart is working as Ted DiBiase and IRS's mouthpiece, and the two teams are scheduled to clash on WrestleMania 8. Jim Neidhart has been given his walking papers by the Federation, and the Observer reports that LOD's Hawk, Jimmy Snooker, and Kerry Von Erich all have been suspended for six weeks for failing drug tests. The Bushwhackers are replacing LOD on the road and look for Lou Ferrigno to be the guest referee for the Hulk Hogan Sid Justice match in the Hoosier Dome. World Championship Wrestling has reduced the number of matches from 11 to 8 to be presented on this coming Saturday Super Brawl pay-per-view for Milwaukee. Among the lineup will be four title encounters as well as Cactus Jack squaring off against Ron Simmons. The Steiner brothers will oppose Paulie Dangerously's duo of Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson. And headlining the show, Lex Luger puts his WCW heavyweight belt on the line against Sting. Now Saturday's event gets underway at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Other news coming out of WCW's Atlanta headquarters this week. The Pro Wrestling Torch is reporting that Nikita Koloff has signed on with the company. And this past Monday in Rock Hill, South Carolina, it was the newly formed tag team of Terry Taylor and Greg Valentine winning the United States tag belts from Ron Simmons and Big Josh. 
And this Friday evening at the Dallas Global Dome, the Global Wrestling Federation will be holding a taped fist battle royal to create a GWF Brass Knuckles champion. The Observer claims Black Bart, Scott Irwin, and Kendo Nagasaki are among those scheduled to participate. And from the Believe It or Not department, the Ladies Professional Wrestling Association held a pay-per-view event earlier today in Rochester, Minnesota. And a sad note to pass along, former wrestler and manager Tojo Yamamoto died this past Wednesday, the victim of an apparent suicide. A mainstay for much of his career in the southern states, Yamamoto had been residing in the Nashville area. And finally, yes, folks, it's been that long. Tomorrow will mark 14 years ago on February 24th, 1978, that newly crowned WWF heavyweight champion Bob Backlund appeared in a Nassau Coliseum taking on Mr. Fuji in his first New York City area title defense after winning the belt from superstar Billy Graham on February the 20th. For Pro Wrestling Spotlight Enterprises, I'm Don Libel reporting. Capsule time, 10.08. And there you go. The news capsule with Donnie. So, uh, you like the typewriter in the background, huh? That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it was just like each and every week. I mean, everybody got their news who listened to the show first with Donnie, and uh, and this was uh, not an exception. Um, great job, Don, uh, back then and, and today. So we're going to get into uh, uh, the meat of the show, the questions that the, that the people who attended the live remote um, – had for cactus uh and uh bob why don't you introduce this next uh segment yeah just it's just like you just explained you kind of opened up the floor at this point and uh the fans had a lot of questions and mick just took on every one of them and should we go to that now let's do it let's do it so we're here with our special guest co-host your special co-host john two strikes one more strike and i'm out i guess <laughs> Someone does a pretty darn good imitation of you over there, Cactus. World Championship Wrestling, things are really hopping right now with uh, Kip Fry taking over and a lot of exciting things happening. And Cactus, you, uh, you're going to be on this big show from Milwaukee next week. Yeah, I'll be on the big show, John, but I'm not all that happy about it. I think someone in the front office messed up. Abdullah the Butcher is the target of my anger, not Ron Simmons, but when I said I wanted to wrestle the big black man, I guess they got confused. (laughs) Like I said, I don't know where Abdullah is going to be. He keeps a tight schedule. I have nothing personal against Abdullah. It's just that my violence quotient hadn't been fulfilled with people like Marcus Bagwell, Johnny B. Bad. So if Abdullah and I have to get involved with each other in order to fill that quotient, then that's what we'll do. But make no mistake about it, there's no hard feelings. It's just a primal urge. So Ron Simmons, you want to try to fill Abdullah's shoes, I don't think you've got what it takes. I've got nothing personal against you, but I'll make your wife a very lonely lady. You understand? Bang, bang! (laughs) That was the first bang, bang of the night back there. But the Cactus has a lot of other great matches, of course, next week as well. Uh, oh, yeah, we're looking for maybe the best pay-per-view show that anyone's seen in a long time. There's a lot of matches that no doubt will provide nothing but action. You've got the title match that everyone wants to see. Sting and Lex Luger, it's been a long time, and as Lex Luger has said numerous times, I am the number one competitor in the sport today. 
The talking is over. Uh, interviews aside, I think it's going to be a great match. I think it's a match that wrestling fans want to see. There's lots of them out there. Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham against the Crunchers, Abisco and Stunning Steve Austin. Lots of matches for the hardcore wrestling fan. I think it's going to be, I think it's another step in the right direction for World Championship Wrestling. Well, WCW is certainly coming along and uh, coming into its own. A uh, lot of uh, new talk about uh, new signees. Dr. Death, Steve Williams, Terry Bam Bam Gordy, team that's coming in. Yeah, I, uh, I've wrestled both those men, never as a tag team. One of the toughest matches I ever had against Dr. Death, Steve Williams. One of the best matches I ever had against Terry Gordy. No issues at stake, just good wrestling. That's what they'll bring with them. Whether they'll be treated as good or bad depends on what part of the country they're in, I guess. But it's people like that, Kip Fry is going out and getting the best talent that we can get. And I think they'll make a difference. If they want to take on the Steiners, believe me, the Steiners' armor is not as shiny as it may seem. Okay. Now, we're going to open up. we got a lot of fans here, and Cactus uh, uh, is certainly open to answering uh, some questions from uh, the folks who gather around here at the live remote table for the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. And uh, who likes to be first? Who would like to ask Cactus questions? All right, we got a question. What is it? Where you, first of all, what we're going to do is we're going to ask you where, uh, what your name is and uh, what part of New York do you live, um, live in. My name is Michael. I'm from Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Okay, Michael. Um, who was your wrestling teacher and how long did it take to get your professional license? Well, I don't really know about a professional license. My wrestling story goes back quite a ways. The man who actually showed me around the ring was Dominic Tenucci, an old name if you're around here, right? Yeah. And though... I don't really resemble Dominic in any way in the ring, but he did teach me everything that I knew. I don't think he approves of a single thing I do in the ring, but it's all because of him. You understand? I mean, I took what he learned, what he taught me, and I modified it, hardened it up a little bit, and maybe bloodied it up a little bit. But Dominic was my teacher, and it took me about a year and a half before I knew exactly what I was going to do. Okay, thanks for that question. My name is Mitch. I'm from Yonkers, New York. Um, now that you're in WCW and getting your career uh, going, um, any titles soon? People have asked me about title shots. They said, what do you, you want the tag team belts with Abdul? And I say, that's impossible. They won't fit us. You understand? The belts don't fit you. Don't you understand, you miserable puke? That title belts or not what this sport is about. Maybe Sting needs a belt around his waist to tell him what he's worth. Maybe the total package likes Luger, the number one competitor in the sport today. Maybe he needs a belt. But Cactus Jack doesn't. You see, some people, they judge their careers on money earned, titles won, and women wooed. Not me! Not me! Do you understand? I judge my career in different ways. I judge it in ways men... Once very proud men now handing out chains at Penny Ar change at Penny Arcade because they can't do anything else. I judge it by the people who look in their mirror, their lips still quivering, their knees still shaking because of what I did to them. I judge it the people who have to look <laughs> somebody <laughs> Wait, what's your quote? Hold on. What did she say? I wanna know what's your quote. Don't be shy, Jane. You are sick. Yeah, but I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, uh, we got another question over here. Let's go to him and then we'll go to you. Yes. Uh, Mike, I'm from the Bronx. Um, who would you say is the worthless piece of garbage you ever stepped in the ring with? Boom. <laughs> most worthless piece of garbage that I ever stepped into the ring with. It seems that a lot of people out here want me to say Van Hammer, but it's not true. I don't know if any of you tuned into the same match that I tuned into, the same match I took a part of, Falls Killing Anywhere, one of the best matches of my career. How many of you worthless pieces of garbage think you could have stood out there toe-to-toe -to -toe with me in 30-degree weather? How many of you, that's the reason you're standing there. That's the reason I would live my life like a champion and you live yours like a champion sportswear salesman. I think if you would put a pair of shorts on and step into the ring with me, then that question would be answered right away, you worthless piece of garbage. Okay, okay, we don't have the insurance to cover that. To stand here, for someone to stand here and say to anyone, who has the guts to step into the ring because a lot of people won't. The worthless, worthless pieces of garbage are the men who won't sign on the dotted line. It's not the people who go out there and give it a shot. And maybe they're stupid. And maybe they can go ahead and send the tights on back to K&H because they don't need them anymore. That's what I did. <laughs> but as far as Cactus Jack is concerned, and being that I'm the co-host here, that's the only concern you need to answer. You, my friend, are carrying a book with my autograph in it, not Van Hammer. Mm-hmm. just told him. That's it. Uh, anyone else? Uh... We got a Bruiser Brody question. Okay. We got a Bruiser Brody question. As a Bruiser Brody fan, and I know you're a big one, are you as insulted as I am by John Nord trying to emulate Bruiser Brody? No, 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 no. There was only one Bruiser well, he's saying, am I insulted by John Nord trying to emulate? I don't think emulates the word. Emulates maybe something that I do with Bruiser Brody, because I saw his matches, I like what I see, and I like the attitude. Imitate is what he tries to do, and that's no way to conduct your wrestling matches, because sooner or later, you're going to have to think on your own. You can, an imitation can only go so far. Why do you think you don't see Elvis imitators on the cover of the star? You understand? Because, uh, because there's an original and then there's people imitating. Emulators, there's plenty of people who follow in Elvis's footsteps who can be stars of their own, right? Yeah, I, I have tried to emulate a lot of the things I saw in Bruiser Brody. The mayhem, the bloodshed, and so forth. The work ethic. But as far as, I'm not insulted by it, I just think uh, he's a guy in need of his own identity. A lot of people in wrestling with a lot of talent have not succeeded because they were not their own man. Okay, thanks. We got another question over here from this gentleman. How you doing, guys? I'm Dean from Queens. I got a question for Cactus and then one for you, John. Okay. First of all, Cactus, um, to change the subject kind of a little bit, who would you, as a wrestling fan, pay actually pay money to see in professional wrestling? Let me see. Who would I pay money to see? See, I, I can answer that question because I used to pay money all the time in order to see wrestling, you understand? I, it's a privilege for me when my match is done, if I'm not in the emergency room, then I stick around and I watch the rest of the matches. There's a lot of people out there that I'd like to see. Beautiful Bobby Eaton I'd pay to see. 
I'd pay to see Steve Williams, I'd pay to see Terry Gordy, I'd pay to see Stan Hansen. And I would honestly pay to see the pay-per-view if I weren't a part of it. And John's here as my witness because I used to do the same thing with him sitting right next to me on the couch sharing those Cheetos. So there's a lot of guys out there. I hope that people feel the same way I do, and I hope they give the money out to see the pay-per-view because I think it'll be worth it. Okay. Okay, just a quick question to John. Um, with all the titles and all the federations changing hands so quickly these days, don't you think that it kind of cheapens the sport, um, the pride that uh, title holders used to have, whereas now the titles change hands so often? Well, I really feel that the champions of today, for the most part, they should value the championship belt more. Uh, I remember Bruno holding the title. I remember um, Pedro Morales holding the title. Uh, I remember the, the long list of NWA champions that proudly held their titles. It just doesn't seem that today. I'm sure that Ric Flair is an exception right now, because Flair is genu genuinely very, very happy and excited to be the world champion of the WWF. That's something that he had longed for for a long time. Uh, unfortunately, he's just in a, the WWF in a situation, uh, and his timing is not very good because of all the negative publicity. But I think uh, some of the other champions, when you do get a title, even if you don't hold it for a very long time, you should still respect it because it is, uh, it is a championship. Okay, we got some more questions coming in. This is Brian from Brooklyn. In your great illustrious career, who would you rate as your toughest opponent? Bill Moskowitz. Get him out of here. They would like to know who my toughest opponent is. For a lot of people who followed me, I went into detail in an article one time. I would say Eddie Gilbert was my toughest opponent. Followed very closely by guys like Sting, like Abdullah the Butcher, like like Bobby Eaton. There's been a lot of guys out there, but I'd say the one whose matches I used to sit and think about, almost daydream about last year, about maybe getting into the big time, was Eddie Gilbert. So, Eddie, if you're out there, I mean, I hate you, but thank you. Okay. How you doing, Cactus? Frank the Firefighter from Bensonhurst. All right, Frank. I got one question for you. Uh, my wife, who couldn't be here due to a bowling in, in, uh, injury, my little girl, want to know, who does your hair? That should be an easy question to answer. Cactus? Cactus Jack is a per perfect example of what happens when you let nature take its course. <laughs> okay. We're going to, we'll take, take one more question, and we're going to go to another commercial break. Oh, yeah, Cactus Jack, I'd like to know who your first opponent was. My first opponent was Shane Douglas in Clarksburg, West Virginia, June 24th, 1985. I lost! <laughs> okay, Cactus, your first opponent, uh, 1985, so you've been uh, wrestling out for almost seven years? It's almost seven years, yeah. There was a big bet, I mean... People look at Cactus Jack in astonishment. Maybe not so much the casual fans around the country, but the people in the dressing room used to take odds as to what age I'd end up in a wheelchair. Ric Flair himself sat me down and said, you'll be in a wheelchair by the time you're 30. You could look at that negatively, or you could look at it like I've got about four more years left in me. We're going to break as many bones and make as many lives miserable as we possibly can in those four years. And, man, it makes me proud to be an American. Yeah. All right.
It was nice to hear you talk about Dominic Danucci. I was a little surprised at that. Um, somebody asked who trained you, and you came right out and explained your relationship with Dominic, and I thought that was a very cool moment in the whole broadcast. Yeah, I was always very quick to give credit to Dominic. Um, even in character, I think yeah, we, we always want to acknowledge the people that helped us out. Especially he was a guy who saw something in me when other people did not. And uh, even during the training, uh, at a certain point, he just said, uh, you know, he said, you've been coming here for over a year. Uh, you, 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 you sleep in your car when it snows. The biggest compliment he would give me is, this, you got a ball this big? And he said, from now on, you don't pay anymore. And that was just completely his decision because I wasn't, I wasn't the guy approaching him saying, hey, I've been here a while. And uh, so he was giving up, you know, it, he didn't charge us a lot, but he did charge, we did get charged. And uh, he was giving up surefire money because he felt like I'd earned the right to come in there without paying. That, that's, that's amazing. You never hear about anything like that. Uh, you know, pro wrestlers have it tougher than any other professional athletes make. I'm sure you'd agree with that. I mean, you sleep in your car. You, you, you drive 450 miles for a $25 payoff because you think it's a shot. You know, and wrestlers, you know, baseball players don't do that. Football players don't have to do it. Only professional wrestlers have to do that. And uh, yeah, the I would that what go ahead. Minor, what minor leaguers go through. And I think we all have trials and tribulations from minor leaguers to the, uh, you know, the football players who, who by and large, obviously statistically are not going to make it, but nonetheless have, knee injuries and back issues for the rest of your life. So I think, I think a bunch of us have it tough, but I would agree that pro wrestling has its own difficult set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And you lived them. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm happy I did. You know, I don't know if I could have made it if I was a guy. Uh, I, I never bemoan the fact that like Van Hammer got a shot because what he said, like, what am I supposed to do when they offer me the contract? Say, no, let me go back and pay my dues. Uh, you know, you grab that brass ring when you have the chance. But I don't think, and you saw, I mean, the show is proof that I wasn't ready for prime time when I was first on. Um, you know, I probably probably wasn't ready for the big push that I thought at the term time I deserved in WCW during my first run. So I'm, I'm lucky that uh, I was trained the right way. Danucci didn't let us... Uh, even think about doing the wild stuff until he thought we had the um, the basics down pat. And he was a, he was a great trainer and a great influence for me. Indeed. Well, we we'll go to our next clip now, uh, where a Booster Club member gets all uh, poetic on you. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this very verbose, very uh, literate wrestling fan. But let's let's give this guy a listen because this is this is pretty unique in several ways. So uh, here we go with this right now. And uh, one of our Booster Club members is also here, all the way from New Jersey. And Cactus, I don't know if you know about this or not. Uh, uh, Pete from Eatontown. Pete, you have a special um, ode to Cactus Jack. Oh, to Cactus Jack. And, yes, indeed. Uh, specially written, uh, written up. And uh, look at the way this is all uh, designed nicely. And he's going right. to read that for you. Uh, P, why don't you take the microphone and uh, go right to it. Okay, Cactus. Uh, spent a few hours putting this together this week with my friend Charlie from Jackson. 
And this one's for you. The Ballad of Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack is a friend of mine. He drops great big elbows all the time. He and Gilbert wrestled everywhere. Bottles busted over heads of hair. Barbed wire matches. Fourth count anywhere. Cactus takes bumps better than Ric Flair. He finished Gilbert. Then he left Tri-State. Goodhart never had no one so great. Now he's in WCW. The other wrestlers just don't know what to do. He looks nasty, and he sure is big. He might bite you, then squeal like a pig. Tongue sticks out where once there were two teeth. He gives other wrestlers tons of grief. He goes bang, bang when he's in the ring. He beat Hammer, now he's after Sting. On Sting's head, an elbow he'd deliver. The lump in Sting's throat really was his liver. At the clash against Hammer, it was simple. Cactus kept his promise and popped that pimple. You like that one, huh? He hit Abby with a kendo stick. Now the butcher isn't quite so quick. He choked Abby. Eyes popped, face turned blue. That guy has more breasts than Frank Perdue. (laughs) Cactus. Cactus built a ladder to the stars. Dropped an elbow on the world from Mars. Fans are lucky when the ring he graces. He can't jump high, but jumps from high places. Hot shot, suplex, Cactus does it all. Observer voted Jack the king of brawl. He went bang, bang at home with his wife. Now they have a baby in their life. You may not believe me. I ain't lying. Little Dewey was born with elbows flying. Little Dewey surely wasn't bored. Choked. Cactus, I'd like to present you with your own personal copy. Underneath that, there's another one. I hope that you will hold on to it as a memento of this occasion. Okay, Pete Theopold from Eaton Town. Thank you very much, Pete and Charlie and everyone else. So come down here, and uh, that's really nice. That's really nice. That really is nice. I don't know what to say. The last time I was this touched, it was self-inflicted. Oh, man. We're going to get back to... uh, David and Larry, the Power Twins, Govan Crash, like to bring them up to the front table if you'd like to say a few words to the wrestling public listening in, not only here at the press box, but of course throughout the New York metropolitan area and uh, several northeastern states. Here they come moseying up here. Cactus, you've known these guys for, for quite a while, I would guess, right? Oh, Dave and Larry? Yeah. Yeah, I've known them for a long time. No, <laughs> But I just wanted to welcome you guys here. And uh, you came back from Puerto Rico recently and had a successful tour there. Triumphant tour there. A triumphant tour. Also the stars of Viking Fun on the Comedy Channel. Yeah. That was pretty neat to show the video here not uh, just a few minutes back. And guys, why don't you uh, grab the microphone and say hello to everybody out there. I'm sure you're, uh, you're anxious to speak hey, to the guys, great to be here today. No wait, no wait jokes either. Great for us, not for you. Like I said, I was listening to that poem that guy had before. Yeah. It just goes to show a lot of people out there have a lot too much free time on their hands, John. Way too much free time. 
They see here with all these people tonight, a bunch of fat, flagging, ugly people. Well, thank you for stopping your, by, you're guys. You're on your home turf, John. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. You know, John, it's nice to be on location for once in a while, you know? And much more people. Hey, remember the, last, say, remember the last time we did a live remote at a place in Huntington? How many people were there? Was it just me and yourself and Sonny Blaze? Yeah, all our fans were there, both of them. And that was it. <laughs> that was, we were the only ones. Now we got hundreds. I'd just like to say that I'm damn proud to be one of those fat, flabby people. That's it. And uh, thank you, Jack, you know. And so are you, John. That's so right. are you. You may even be prouder than me. Yeah, I'm bigger than you. I don't want to be prouder than you. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll get that. I'll come out of retirement for that. It'll be a special uh, benefit match. Right, John, be a handicap. We've got two against the three of you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. As I said, thanks for stopping by, guys. <laughs> and Skull Von Krause is here also. Skull has uh, uh, been traveling around the Northeast, uh, seeing you on, uh, on some different telecasts, and uh, also a match recently in Staten Island. Skull, how are you? I'd like to tell you something. It is Skull Von Krause. Okay. Not Krause. You fat, ugly. A kid there. Uh... I don't know where you get this from, but it is Krause, not Krause. You understand? Crush? Crush. Crush. Skull von Crush. I will never make that mistake again. You better not. Or I pull you all your freaking hair out of hair. It's like I got some, though, right? You ain't. You... <laughs> Let me tell you something. You look like you eat a lot of hot dogs. Well, good luck with your career, Scholastinia, and uh, thanks for stopping by here tonight. Anyways, let me tell you something. It is very easy to see you. You are so freaking large. But it was great to be on this show, and thank you very much for my first radio appearance here in the U.S. Okay. Why doesn't everybody join me in a round of skull, 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 skull? We're having fun now, folks. Okay, uh, anybody else want to insult me while we're here? Yes, so what? Yeah, we got some more questions coming up. Okay. What do we got? Cactus and Frank from Bensonhurst. I was just curious, what are your insurance rates? Well, at the time I received insurance, <clears throat> I uh, wrote on the application that I was a salesman. Uh, I never, uh, I've never filed a claim. I'm afraid they're going to drop me. So I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm thinking of taking out a Lloyd's of London policy. It's worked real well for Kurt Hennig, but I really, you know, I don't pay anything for insurance. I work for a company that covers me. I've got several bills. I'm proud to say that I'm the most heavily. Uh, <clears throat> most heavily stitched man in professional wrestling. Uh, my wife did recently give birth, as you may have, uh, have known from there, from the poem. It was a beautiful thing, and I'm the first man ever to be simultaneously... My wife was given birth five minutes after stitches were removed from my eyebrow, and I'm proud of that, by the same doctor. By the same doctor. Another question. Sal from Gravesend, Brooklyn. I'd just like to know any thoughts of you. What would you like to do after your, your illustrious career is over? 
I'm not quite sure I don't have any other talent. I, uh, I don't know. I was given some heavy thought to maybe hanging around sports bars with a bar with about 299 other guys instead of conducting a real life of my own. But it's, it's a decision that I, I don't know. I really don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't made many friends. I have a son now who I would like. It would be nice if he could look up to me, which is kind of impossible under the circumstances. But I don't know. I, I, according to Ric Flair and all those other people, that's a decision I'm going to have to make real soon. Okay. Uh, another question this way. I feel like Donna, you here today. I'm Liam from Sunset Park. I want to say hi to Lee the Freak. I want to ask Cactus Jack, how do you lose the two front teeth? Lee, the next time you choose John's radio show as an avenue to say hello to all your friends, I swear to God, I'll reach my hand so far down your throat that I'll wave hello to your liver. You understand? How I lose parts of my body is none of your business, but I'll tell you this. My earring, my tooth that I lost, one of them I had made into an earring. It dangles from my ear, not now, but I got it at home and it dangles from my ear, which makes it real convenient for me because when Cactus Jack loses body parts, he turns them into jewelry. <laughs> Leon, if you ask me another question like that, then you ask yourself this question. Where are you going to hang your gallbladder? <laughs> Jack, Jack, before I forget, uh, we also... Is Paul Landoff dead? Jack, you want to answer that? But uh, I, got a, I got a request uh, for a special hello to you. Someone called right before we went on the air, and there was a special fan of yours who couldn't get here tonight. He suffered an injury a few weeks back. Uh, Slipping on some ice on the stoop of his house in Hicksville. Uh, Ski says hello. <laughs> John, Fred the Eleven Boy's here. Andrew Goldberger's gone. Ski has never been here. The time has never been riper to come on down to the Press Box Cafe. <laughs> uh, also, and uh, George Ann Macropolis from the Wrestling Chatterbox is also around nearby. And George Ann, can you uh, mosey over here if you can? Just cut through the, the crowd, milling around at Georgia. And how you doing? I'm glad you came out tonight. And uh, we enjoy the Chatterbox uh, every month. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I know you wouldn't uh, miss it for the world. You wanted to say hello to Jack and offer your congratulations Always. to me as well. Big Daddy, Hannah. <laughs> Little Dewey. <laughs> Anybody interested in getting the Chatterbox, they can write to me at 2344 30th Drive, Astoria, New York, 11102. Uh, free sample would be sent out. Okay, because a lot of fans listening tonight. And uh, George Ann, I want to thank you for stopping stopping down here. Great. Thanks, Great. George Ann. And we got uh, another 20 or so minutes here at the Pro Wrestling Spotlight, our special live broadcast. And uh, uh, I certainly am looking forward to doing these things again. You know, this is a lot of fun. I never wrote that well of PWI, Mick. Pete Theofall, <laughs> yeah. Pete wrote many a poem. I think, didn't he? He did. Uh, he did. Uh, Georgian Macropolis. Yes, he did the artwork for Georgianne, and he always had these great poems. Uh, yeah. And uh, one of the biggest memories was his Christmas uh, poem that he wrote for Pro Wrestling Spotlight. And you were in the studio with Missy Hyatt on the phone with Jason Hervey. So that was another legendary appearance. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, Bob, uh, we have a couple of uh, quick ones and wrap it up. And uh, it's been what what a wonderful night it's been. It really has. And uh, we've got more questions for Cactus. We'll listen to that right now. Uh, we're going to go back to questions. Anybody out there uh, also want to talk to Cactus? I'm Ronnie from Bay Ridge, and I want to know, what's your opinion on the UWF? UWF question. <laughs> You're talking about Herb Abrams' UWF? What's my opinion on it? Watch out for those lawsuits. He's got the Xerox machine warming up. Look, I'm afraid I'm going to get egged here because I actually like Herb Abrams. I do, I do like Herb. He's a funny guy. He's funny. Yeah, guy. He's, you can't help but but like him. I don't think he did the best job in the world promoting because he was too busy worrying about who he was going to put out of business instead of worrying about staying in business for himself, you know? So I don't, uh, I don't know. I haven't talked to Herb in a long time. <laughs> but I'll say this. I mean, it was the best thing that happened to me last year, that and Tri-State Wrestling, that gave me a chance, you know, the first time to speak out on my own not to have managers not to have other people tell me what to say or how to act just to be myself so for those of you who are looking for me to bash herb abrams there's plenty of other people to do it okay but herb i, I hope I, I don't know where you are i i hope you're doing well and i i hope uh, your venture with wrestling hasn't left you penniless okay we got another question back here hello cactus how you doing Listen, I want to speak for all the big guys in uh, New York. I'd like to know, do you have any uh, favorite eateries? Uh, my name's Hambone, and I'm an employee at the Press Box, and uh, we have a lot of big guys that work here. I'd like to know if you have any suggestions. One place I used to always go to uh, after shows in New York was John's Pizzeria down on Bleecker Street. There you go. I'm not much for fine cuisine, just free cuisine. So, but John's always treated us well, so if anybody... Is that a good enough answer for you? There's lots of place to eat. I'd just like to point out that since teaming with Abdullah the Butcher, I did put on 37 pounds. Do you guys travel up and down the road together? Yeah, it can get kind of annoying at times, stopping every 15 minutes for ice cream. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an experience. Abdullah can fall asleep behind in the passenger seat instantly. So if you want a man smoking smelly cigars, ruining my eating habits. Yeah, he fits in the car. He happens to be a very nice man and a, a close personal friend of mine. But I don't like the fact that I have to stop for ice cream. I don't like his cigars. I don't like him snoring. And I don't like, uh, I'm, I'm speechless. I mean, I like it. It's a hard position. I'm in a position where, on one hand, I like Abdullah. On the other hand, I need to pummel him in order to make a living. You understand what I mean? Understand? It's not a pretty thing. There's nothing. I mean, I sent shockwaves throughout WCW several months ago. And there's a lot of people out there that don't want to see Cactus Jack with a title belt around his waist. So they're not giving me title shots. But there's going to come a time when they're going to have to turn around and say, we need Cactus Jack and we need Abdullah the Butcher together. Because for a long time, when I was independent, I was sent my own merry way the last time I was in WCW because they didn't think there was a market for me. They didn't think that Cactus Jack could appeal to enough people. But what you have to understand about this country 
look at yourselves in the mirror and spit on each and every one of you because this is a country where people want to stand in line to watch a traffic accident and by golly they hope someone's hurt you understand what i mean deep in their hearts they want to see blood and mayhem so no more wrestling in countries that you never ever heard of before for cactus jack because long as long as each and every one of you stays as sick as you can be i've got a job forever Okay. Well, a lot of questions, John and uh, Mick. And in our final segment, John talks to you, Mick, about a guys that I don't think you ever brought out into the light of performance until later than this. You guys are going to discuss Dude Love. And here we go. Ooh. You took on this, something that you did in school, uh, the dude loves a story. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of got into wrestling in a roundabout way, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> and because I, I'm not friends with any of you, how could you? I, uh, I uh, developed my own home movie in which uh, I jumped off the roof of a house. And that was seen by a promoter who put me on his road cruise. So I think we may make that tape available in its entirety. Not in just its entirety, yeah. Sequence, but maybe uh, the whole 45-minute film in its entirety. You can see my first day as a wrestler. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll, you'll watch it again and again. You'll kiss 29 bucks goodbye. <laughs> and we will be uh, having that. And we'll be premiering it at one of these live remotes down the road. And uh, also out there, if any of you out there would like us to broadcast in your area, just uh, drop us a line or give us a call at 516-618-0109 and uh, we'll try to make accommodations and take the show on the road. All right, so any other questions before we... Uh... Yeah, go ahead. John, yes. Hulk Hogan might go to Japan and it's speculated that he might come back and fight Flair in SummerSlam. But if he does not come back, you think Savage will beat Flair for the title? I don't see Flair losing the title of until SummerSlam at least. I don't know what Hogan's going to do. Uh, I think the next month is very crucial for him, and uh, I think it's very crucial for the World Wrestling Federation in general. I really can't predict what's going to happen with Hogan right now, but, uh, well, that goes without saying, in my opinion. Anyhow, uh, any other questions? Yeah, hi, I'm Lewis from Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I want to know, Cactus, why'd you beat up John about a year ago? Uh-oh. Oh. John's on a new video. Now, a lot of people don't know how far back that goes, and it took a long time for those feelings to subside. Because, and John will tell you, he put his body in a position it didn't belong. You understand? He tried to interfere in one of my matches at a point where I wasn't that happy with my life. So he's going to throw his life into mine, and what happens is John tasted his own liver for the first time. But it's, uh, there was no real reason... It just seemed like the thing to do at the time. You understand? How did you get wind of that? Huh? How did you know about that? How did that? you hear about that? Oh, my, Mike told me. My friend. See, I got a, I got a long-standing, uh, I got a long-standing personal policy that if anybody in the audience wants to get involved with my match, I'll make them part of the match. You understand? So like the guy for my little friend over there want to know who the worst piece of garbage I ever wrestled was. I swear to you, John, I may suplex him on the on the table. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, I don't even bring that up because uh, I still have nightmares over that day. Yeah, I mean, it's something that happens. John's a journalist. He thought he, he, thought he was doing the right thing, and I thought I was doing the right thing by, 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 by dropping an elbow on him. I mean, it was a, it was a great match. Uh, John's got on videotape, but I think deep down in his heart, he's proud of it. You know, the funniest line of that, I was getting carted away and um, being dragged back into the dressing room, and then someone in the audience just yelled out, give him a six-foot hero, he'll be fine. <laughs> so not only was I um, pummeled, but I was also insulted, and that added insult to injury, as they say. Another six minutes to go here, Cactus, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, we got another question. Okay, Cactus, um, quick question for you and then one for John. Um, when you sign your contract with WCW, what kind of a timetable did they give you? Because I'm sure all the wrestling fans here uh, want to see you long-term in WCW since uh, we feel that you're one of the brighter stars in WCW since they're going to be uh, hopefully overtaking the WWF in the near future. Thank you for your brown nosing. <laughs> I had a good contract. I gotta, I'm happy with where I am. I'm, I'm not as happy as I'll be next September, but I'm pretty happy right now, you understand? I mean, I'm getting paid better than I ever dreamed of. I put myself, this is the truth. I realized that the things I did out there in the ring were not, they did not lend itself to a longevity, you know what I mean? And I was honest about that. People don't, they don't understand that I feel the pain as much as anybody the next day. It's the only difference between me and them is that I like it. <laughs> you understand? But I mean, it comes a point where you got to ask yourself, well, how long can I continue to do this for, for relatively little money? I gave myself till I was 26 to start making some good money, and I was ahead of that schedule. So I think I'll be around for a while, and I think WCW wants me around for a while because, like I said, as long as there are sick people out there like you willing to turn on your TV sets to see Cactus Jack, I'll be around. Okay, we have time for one more question, okay? All right, John. Just Wait, quick. not from you. <laughs> not from you. Okay, this is the last question for tonight, okay? Yeah, Cactus Jack, uh, John always talks about this, but can you address the steroid problem in wrestling? Because there have been a lot of PSAs now that Kip Fry is starting to run. I saw one today with Ricky Steamboat, and I'm sure you know it exists. Can you address it a little bit? I would just like to say, and I'm being honest right now, a lot of people have talked about steroids and they've danced around the issue, but I will go on record as saying that neither I nor Abdullah the Butcher have ever taken steroids. <laughs> okay. We appreciate, you want me to go on record with my answer? My we got about a minute, okay. Yeah, if John, if they kicked out everybody who took steroids in WCW, you'd be looking at basically the same lineup. You understand? They've weeded out people who couldn't wrestle, and they've got a pretty good crew in there that doesn't need steroids in order to succeed. So I say I'm all for the steroid testing, but I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. So when you finally became Dude Love in the WWF, uh, Mick, uh, what, what kind of – it must have felt pretty good to, to, to do this. How did that come about? Oh, that was one of the big breaks in my career. That's something I talk a little bit about on my current uh, um, one-man show is that uh, how a lot of times you think of your your big break as a single solitary break, but it's actually a succession of 
smaller breaks along the way. So in this case, it was uh, Shawn Michaels and I tearing the house down in early uh, 2000, uh, 1997 when he was a champion with a bad back. So he really appreciated how well I was taking care of me tonight. We were still finding a way of, uh, to not, if not tearing the house down, we were certainly having good quality matches while he healed, which is now no easy task. And uh, after the show one night, he asked me if this character of mine was how I'd always seen myself. And uh, I, I kind of just laughed and no, I wanted to be like you. And that's when I unveiled the, uh, the dude love of my youth. And as it worked out, Bruce Pritchard was listening. Uh, he went back to Mr. McMahon and he said, uh, man, Mick Foley's got a much more interesting, you know, backstory in real life than uh, we realize. And he's got video to prove it. So when Vince found out that they had poor maligned mankind, um, you know, he really believes in the ability of wrestling to tell stories and to fulfill dreams. And when he found out that I wanted to be this guy, he just decided he wanted to bring him to life, especially after I did the uh, sit down series of uh, it was a, one interview, but WWE uh, edited it into you know five or six weeks because they felt so strongly about it being something special. And especially after as the weeks went by and uh, Mr. McMahon saw the fans really gravitating towards the mankind character, he wanted to make the dude love thing happen uh, for real, wanted to make that real that real life dream come true on a show. And weren't you able to get Colette involved in, a, in that for a bit? Colette came out uh, for one show, I think, uh, when we were, you know, near the area. Uh, threw undergarments at me or whatever. The, uh, <laughs> maybe the second appearance or second or third appearance of Dude Love. Um, and she did a great job. It was just in the past, like, six months that I saw that on the same day I took uh, photos with Steve Austin with the tag team titles that my wife, who was in town because we were going on a vacation after SummerSlam, uh, she was there too. And so there's a picture of me, Steve, and Colette, which is really cool. Very cool. Hey, thanks for a great uh, a great well, couple hours. Hey, thank you, Mick. Uh, anything that uh, we need to plug on you? I know you're on tour. Where do, where do people find you? How do they go see you uh, on tour with your one-man people, show? People can find me at realmickfoley.com. I'm hitting a, a lot of cities, uh, going through the Midwest in March, uh, Minneapolis, Omaha, Des Moines, Iowa, Clear Lake, Iowa, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, Joplin, Missouri, and then um, in uh, April and May, we hit the West Coast, uh, Portland, um, Portland, Phoenix, Tucson, um, uh, Eureka, California. One of those Eureka shows already sold out. The other one still got tickets. Um, San Jose, Sacramento, and then three or four locations in Southern California. So I'll be busy, but I love it. Love telling the stories. And you do it really well, and I want to thank you for uh, everything, and thank you for appearing here tonight, uh, appearing on this podcast. On behalf of Donnie, Bob, Alex, and myself, Mick Foley, thank you so much. Have a nice day. Wow, another great show with Mick Foley. We certainly want to thank Mick for his appearance here over the last couple of weeks. Uh, just an honor and a pleasure to have one of my dearest friends in the pro wrestling business, Mick Foley, here. And before we wrap it up for this edition, I just want to remind everybody out there that you can email us your questions you'd like answered. If you have a question for us, send it to 
ProWrestlingSpotlightJA at gmail.com. Also, no matter what the platform you listen to the show on, there are so many out there that are carrying the Pro Wrestling Spotlight podcast. They all have links where you could share the show. And especially with this Mick Foley special over the last couple of weeks, please share it on all of the platforms that you listen to this podcast on. This will wrap up this edition of John Aresi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight. You can join our private group at Facebook. Dot com, and that is facebook.com slash Pro Wrestling Spotlight Podcast. Our public page to share history is facebook.com slash John Arisi's Matt Memories. There's a private group as well under that name. We have a YouTube channel uh, that is up, and we have clips from all of our podcasts and other special vintage wrestling videos on there. You can go and subscribe and that is at the Pro Wrestling Spotlight YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Pro Wrestling Spotlight. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Arezzi. Instagram is at John Arezzi as well. And if you'd like a signed and numbered copy of my book, Matt Memories, just send an email to me, john at mattmemories.com. Lots of merchandise still available. Go to our online store, with our folks and partners over at Forward Merch up in New Hampshire, tinyurl.com slash store. And don't forget to check out that sister podcast of ours that we've talked about, Matt Memories from Madison Square Garden, covering all the shows I covered from the mecca of all arenas 50 years to the day the show takes place. We have several episodes up there right now, including February 21st, 1972, and that featured Pedro Morales defending his WWWF title in a rematch against Professor Toru Tanaka. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast as well. Matt Memories from Madison Square Garden is co-hosted by Tim Putre and written by Richie Garcia. John Arezzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight podcast is a production of Matt Memories LLC. Our co-host is Bob Smith, our producer and editor... Alex Robertson, Donnie Liable covers the time capsule each and every week. The Pro Wrestling Spotlight's creative director is our friend Marsh. And thank you to the Patreon executive producers, Jeremy Priest and Matt Walsh, and all the patrons for your support of the production of this show. Until next week, when we relive more history with you, this is John Arezzi for the Pro Wrestling Spotlight.